You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Many of you will remember the old building over there. Let me introduce the message by saying it this way. It was a shotgun of a building. It was just a long shotgun. And it deep. And then a balcony came out. And then we added a side balcony and the stairs came down. And then we added another side balcony, a horseshoe. It was just amazing. If you came to the second service on Sunday morning, we had the first service for about 20 years, I guess, maybe 18. And we had the first service and it was filled. And then the second service, you could put your Bibles or your coats or whatever down, and people did that. So that meant on the first service, if you didn't come to the second, that means you were not going to sit in the auditorium on Sunday night. You were going to sit in the auxiliary room or out in the hallway, or we'd add chairs at the last minute down the aisles. People would sit on the stairs going up. It was amazing. That old building had so many great memories in it. Well, Miss Trevor played our piano for all those years over there, most, most of those years there. And uh, we had three little kids that sat right down here. They sit in the front row, uh, Tiffany, Timothy, and Tabitha. And, 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 and you're right, you're probably guessing, the girls were always misbehaving. Tim was just such a stalwart of the faith, early, early in life, just amazing. And he and I tried to raise those girls. Sometimes we felt like we have failed with them. But I'll tell you, Brother Haven's good to have you here tonight. But I, um, I can remember my wife. I'd all sit on that side so I could watch her. I sit on this side. She sits over here. And it's always, Brother Jose, been empty the last eight, eight weeks. And I looked to see you and get a lot of inspiration. But I, I've been missing her over there. And, uh, and, uh, and, and she'd be at this piano, uh, one like this over there. And she played the piano. I mean, she could... She could dance those keys. They could, they could move out. She hit all the black ones, all the white ones. Congregational singing, she just, she just pulled it right out of us like these great people here do. Wait a minute. Here it is. She'd look down there, and sure enough, here's Tim, Bible open, psalm book there, ready to go, singing away. And here are these two girls acting up. Do you remember it like this, Miss Tabitha? you remember uh, the other two probably, right? Uh, that's why we got rid of them. There you go. Are you listening tonight? But uh, mother would be playing the piano, and here's what she'd do. That's all she had to do. She didn't stop and come down here and say, Tiffany, Timothy, Tabitha. She didn't have to say a word. It was that look. I'll give you one more. I won't give you the long rendition because you know it as well as I know it. I've told it so many times. It was my senior year in high school. We got up that Sunday morning, went to Sunday school, Sunday morning. Then two rest homes, the teenagers, every Sunday on Mission Boulevard over here in Fremont. We went to two rest homes and we sang and spoke to those people and, and had a great time. Then we'd come over to the Treber's house and my mother almost every week had some type of chicken, fried chicken, barbecued chicken, roasted chicken, you name it. But she always had chicken 
It was, I can remember when I worked in the grocery stores, 19 cents. For, and she'd have chicken all the time. Well, we had chicken. And then we went to youth choir practice. And then we went to youth hour, and it was an hour. And then we went to the midweek service, the evening service. That was that way every Sunday. I, I recall Sunday afternoon, that lunch, my dad had his vehicle and had a trailer and a garden tractor with a till on the back of it. He sold it to a customer, brand new. He was going to deliver it on Monday. And I said, Dad, my buddies were all there watching. He said, um, I said, I'd like to drive that tractor. What a good dad I had. He said, well, son, I'm going to deliver it to a customer tomorrow. If you're very careful, you can drive it. And so he let me back it off the trailer, backed it off, and he said, now here's the thing. It's weighted because of that disc. Now you can't, you can't put the throttle down full speed. You got that clutch, got to come out slow. He was 46 years old. What did he know? I mean, I'm, I'm 8, 17, and this, this old guy's trying to tell me how to drive a tractor who grew up on the tractor. I backed that thing off, and he's standing on the driveway. I know exactly, almost by the garage door. My buddies were all there, and he watched me, and I popped that clutch, and I did a wheel stand with that tractor right into my car. It smashed my car up on the curb. I'll never forget it. My dad, here's my dad. I wish you'd have got mad. I wish you'd have come charging out there, you dumb idiot, or something, you know. My dad stood, stood there like this. It killed me. I got the tractor out, smashed the front. I walked in and said, hey, Dad, that tractor had a problem. I said, I saw it, son. He said, we're not turning into your insurance. You're going to have to pay for your car to be repaired. And you're going to have to pay for that tractor, and I'm going to have to call my client and tell him I can't deliver it tomorrow. I'll we'll have to get new parts, and I'll have to tell them what took place. I wish my dad would have spanked me, would have slapped me, would have done something. But the hurt that I gave him, I could tell he was hurt. Tonight I want to speak to you on the subject, a silent look. A silent look. Sometimes we talk too much. When my dad would look at me when I disappointed, it killed me more than a spanking. I'd take a spanking any day over that look of disappointment. When I disappointed my mother, it broke my heart. It broke my heart. Jesus is getting ready to go to Calvary. Isn't it amazing? I want to stop off at church. They called it the temple. In the Old Testament, it was the tabernacle, and then it was the temple, and now we have the New Testament local church. And as Jesus was getting ready to be betrayed, they're first going to have the, in this chapter, they're going to have the, the palm branches 
brought down, and a colt's going to bring him into the city, and they're going to uh, applaud him. But then in a few days, they're going to crucify him. He said, I want to go to the church, the temple. You know, in the Bible, the church is a representative of the temple. Do you know that you are a temple? What? 1 Corinthians 6, 19, knowing not that ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost that liveth or resides within you, and ye are not your own. This temple was given to me. This temple is owned by God. Ye are not your own. You're bought with a price. Jesus walks in to the temple. And it says in the text, here's what he did. Would you take a look at chapter 11 and verse 11? And Jesus entered Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he looked around about all the things, now as eventide was come, he went out. The silent look of Jesus, I want you to see it's a circular look. Jesus, he, he, he didn't say a word. He didn't preach the word. He didn't say, get right with God. He didn't say, this is it. I'm going to Calvary. He didn't say a word. The Bible says he looked around. That's circular. When God comes to the North Valley Baptist Church, I want him to be able to circular, look around and say, oh, in this section, this section first here and then this section. Look at all those godly people. Having you here on Sunday night means as Jesus is here and, and taking a circular view, he must be thrilled. And then I come over to this section and this section and this section here. And then we saw the choir. And then we go up to the balcony, the first balcony. And those are the second balcony tonight. And, and our God... He's taking a look at what's going on. What does he see in our church? I hope our church always sings songs and hymns and spiritual songs. And as Danielle just said, I hope we just use the Bible, preach the Bible, lift up Jesus Christ. I don't know why we're buying into this contemporary movement of the day. It's all new. Here's how you do church now. Uh, I think here's how you do church now. I've been on a hobby horse for a year of the 385, 387,000 churches that are basically closed on Sunday night. No wonder why all this garbage is happening. We can't even keep the church open. We build millions of dollars of buildings, beautiful buildings, and they have air conditioning, they have chandeliers, they have pianos, they have all the appointments, and yet we use it for one hour on Sunday morning and then close it down. What are we thinking? I wonder what God does on Sunday nights when he goes into a church and he walks around and he looks around on a Sunday night and it's empty. My dear preacher friends that are watching, I want you to do this before you cancel a Sunday night service and it's happening all over America. In our fundamental Baptists, they're all over. I want you to do this. 
please help, please, please do it. Just go, just go sit in the parking lot at your church. Walk on a Sunday night in an empty building and say, Lord, I'm doing this for your glory. I hope, I hope this helps the name of Christ that I've shut the church down and every chair is empty tonight and the piano is silent and the organ is silent and the singers are silent. And I hope, I hope I'm bringing honor and glory to you by not having church because some boy may have got saved tonight and thank God he's not getting saved and some boy may have been called to the ministry and thank God that kid's not going to miss. What are you thinking? Amen. We were singing recently. It was on a Sunday, Monday. Somebody touched me. But you know the two days that have the most? Wednesday and Sunday. We have almost, it seems like every week a child is getting saved and patched the pirate and they get saved at home because we encourage the workers not to lead them to Christ, but to tell the parents, say, here's what's going on and what, we went and what we're watching. And many of those kids will tell them, talk to mom and dad when you get home. And just, I baptized last week a little boy and he said it was after Patch the Pirate and God's been working on his heart and he got saved on a Wednesday night. How in the world, hey preachers! How in the world can we keep the church shut on Sunday night? When America is buying into every evil sin, it's our fault. How happy God, what, are you, how, what happiness does God have going to empty church buildings on Sunday night? It's a worse Sunday night in the Bible, it's not, it's just part of our heritage. America used to do that. By the way, where is it that you get one and done? I did my one-hour deal for God. Sunday morning, I'm done with it. What about so much the more? When God does a circular view of our temple, our church, what does he see? When God does a circular view about my life, I'm not talking about your life right now. What does he see that grieves him? Where, like my dad saw and all he did, he turned away. Jesus entered into the temple. It's a circular view. It's a circular look. It's a look that he examined what was going on. I want you to see secondly, quickly, it was a look of corruption. The next day was verse 12. And verse 15, the last time Jesus goes to the temple. They come to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple. And began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves in my temple. I wonder what things God sees me wasting my time and his money on. That just grieves him. I wonder in this church if God sees us wasting, wasting, that which he invested to our care, wasting a voice. God gave you a voice. God gave you a voice. And you're not in the choir. Well, I'm busy. God gave you a voice, you're not in the choir. You've got to be kidding me. God gave you a voice, you're not in the choir. God gave you an instrument, you're not using it. God gave you a skill or mind and God gave you the ability to teach and you're not teaching the word of God? 
God gave you ability to drive a bus and you're not driving it. Well, we're busy. The whole world is, ask, ask those men that drove the buses this morning how busy they are. And ask these choir members how busy they are and these instrumentalists how busy they are. And ask the ushers and the deacons and the Sunday school teachers the, and, and, and ask the Sunday night crowd, God bless, I'm preaching to the choir here now, I guess. But God saw evil in his house. In fact, he said this, my house, verse 17, shall be called a house of prayer. Several of you, especially many of you ladies, but several of you, I've asked you to come into services on Wednesday night, maybe Sunday nights or whatever, and, and I see you gathering together. We don't have organized prayer for that, that time, but I watch two or three ladies over here praying and a couple over here of people praying over here that God would do something special. I wonder how many people walk the aisle and these graduates that right here, they're being thrust out into the Lord's work. I wonder how many of you train them as a Sunday school teacher and as a bus worker and as a youth worker. And I wonder how many of you invested in them and prayers in camp. I wonder how many of you parents, you sacrifice for the Christian school and youth conference, you sacrifice for camp and all the things you sacrifice for. And all the prayers and all the prayers and all the prayers of a mother and all the prayers of a dad and all the prayers perhaps of a sibling for their sibling. Because my house should be called a house of prayer. My, my house, my life, and your life, your home, and our church. It was a look of corruption. Can you imagine Jesus walking in? First day he walked in, it was just a circular view. He observed everything and he just walked out. And he came back on the morrow. He said, I'm not putting up with this. I'm not going to have this junk in my house. God takes me home to heaven. Please, please don't cancel Sunday school. Please. I hope the next preacher one day, if I'm with the Lord, We'll play right now. Please don't cancel Sunday school. I plead with you, please don't. Please don't cancel Sunday morning. Please don't cancel Sunday night. Please don't cancel Wednesday night. Please don't bring in the rock bands. Please, please, please don't. Keep the piano right there. Keep the piano right there. Keep the organ right there. Keep the orchestra. Keep a choir up here. Keep this pulpit here. Maybe the fellow won't want this one, but let him build another one. And don't put a little glass pulpit here. And he hits it one time, one time, and it falls apart. Put a man's pulpit up here. And keep amens in the church. And keep singing. And keep shouting. Keep lifting your hand. Keep weeping. Keep using an altar. These buildings were not built for a nightclub. It was a circular look. It was a look of corruption. It was a concerned look. How do I know it was concerned? Because he came back the next day and dealt with it. He was concerned what he saw. Perhaps you have a loving mother, a loving father. Is he concerned with what he sees in your life? Get it out of him. Listen to your dad. Listen to your mother. Listen. You need your mother. 
You need your dad. You need someone that can guide you on the path of life. Someone who's concerned for you. I promise you all these children up here, these adults that just got, I'm so concerned. For, I've always been concerned for their life. Some know what they're supposed to do for right now. Some don't know what they're supposed to do, and I don't think they're wrong for not knowing. But I want them to know. Some of these that are up here, I, I, I'm praying specifically that God, I, I believe God has something for them. All of them, I'm praying that one, they'll marry right. I'm so proud of that young couple that's going to get married here this week. They've done it right. And God's put a mate in their life, and they're going to serve God with their lives. God will reveal it all. Aren't you concerned about your marriage? Aren't you concerned about your children? Aren't you concerned about your grandchildren? We, we love our kids. Oh, our kids, our children, and their mates have been so good to my wife. I mean, they've been so, so she's at home watching. Well, she weeps over the fact our kids have been so good. Our grandkids text nonstop. It seems like, Nana, we're praying. Nana, we miss you. Nana, we're, we're asking God to give you strength. I tell you, we are so blessed. But though we're blessed, I'm so concerned for all of our grandchildren and all of our children's mates and all of our children. Why? Because the devil would like to destroy their lives. By the way, in saying that, we are very proud of them, very thankful for them, very grateful for who they are. The love that we have for one another. So I don't take much more time. I'll end with this. I, I see a circular look. I see a look of on the corruption of the of the house of God. I see a concerned look. And everywhere Jesus went, he was looking, he was so concerned for a widow or for a maniac of Gadara or a blind man or a halt or hurting someone. I see a look at conclusion. It's there in verse 15. And he came to Jerusalem and went to the temple last time. It's a conclusion. It was the last time. You know that Wednesday night that Jack Hiles preached his last message on the King James Bible, he didn't know it was going to be his last. When Tom Malone preached the last message in his church, he, you know, uh, Lee Robertson, you go all the way through, you don't know. I don't, I don't know if there's a Mother's Day next year. I don't know if you're here or if I'm here. I, 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 I don't know what it was. I came here as a young 20-something-year-old kid, but I've always been aware of the fact this might be my last message. It might just be the very last one. This might be the last service. I want my last day to be the best day. I want my last service to be the best service. I want God's house to be everything that he wants it to be. What, what, what does God see when he sees your temple, my temple, this temple?
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.